and a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Coming up, a look at the number of attacks on livestock from bears, cougars and coyotes in Saskatchewan last year. Agri-News is brought to you by the Remax Blue Chip Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth, online at landforsalesask.ca. And McDougall Auctioneers Ag Division. Choose the alternative. McDougall Auctioneers for guaranteed results, online at mcdougallauction.com. Saskatchewan Crop Insurance says almost 2,800 head of livestock were killed by predators last year in this province. That number includes cattle, horses, sheep and goats. When it comes to cattle, there have been over 1,500 predation claims paid since the beginning of April. Coyotes were responsible for 64% of those claims, or almost 1,000 head of cattle. Wolves were a distant second at 9%, or 138 head. Bears were number three at 55 head of cattle, followed by cougars at 51 head. Compensation is paid as long as the adjuster has a carcass to identify. Saskatchewan Crop Insurance says cougars accounted for about 3% of total predation claims, slightly higher than the traditional number of 2%. Mike Gollop is a problem wildlife specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Environment. He says cougars are more prevalent on the west side of the province. I always hope there's going to be some changes, but no, as of now, India, again, they... They're not terribly abundant, but... Relative to other areas of the province, certainly the Cypress Hills area has had the most actual incidents, and also, again, up in the, uh, the Meadow Lake Glaslin area. So it seems to be a little bit more on the west side right now, although there have been isolated incidents kind of here and there. Brooks Whitney has 275 cows on his ranch, located 40 kilometers south of Maple Creek near Cypress Hills Provincial Park. They are a little bit of a nuisance, but not really a... A major problem. Our biggest problem with cougars is, you know, cattle get uneasy when they're around. And for us, the biggest problem we've had is, you know, we winter our calves here, and from time to time, you know, if a cougar's hanging around, the calves go through the fence and tear down a bunch of fence. But that's our major problem here. Whitney says most of the problems come from younger cougars. Cougars are kind of like barn cats. A lot of, like in a lot of their behaviors, like the toms, if it isn't their kittens, they want to kill them if they find them. So a lot of times your younger cougars, they're getting out of the area and they're just looking for a safe place to be. And unfortunately, a lot of times that's around farmsteads and people's homes. Brooks Whitney is a rancher near Cypress Hills Provincial Park in the southwest corner of Saskatchewan. The president of APAS is hopeful a trade dispute with India over pulse crops can be resolved in 2018. Late last year, India imposed a 50% tariff on imports of yellow peas and 30% tariff on red lentils and chickpeas in an effort to prop up prices for local farmers. India is a billion-dollar market for Canadian pulse crops, and APAS president Todd Lewis is hoping the tariff issue can be resolved. As of now, India, again, they've come forward with these new tariffs on uh, the lentils and uh, red lentils specifically and chickpeas. So it's certainly not a good situation. But from our understanding, a lot of it is due to domestic politics within India. So those are always hard things for, uh, you know, to kind of accept if uh, you're trying to trade with the nation. But sometimes politics takes over. I think that's one of the situations here that really doesn't have anything to do with what something that Canada is doing wrong or anything like that. It's just we have a good product. We are uh, putting on the world market at a fair price, and unfortunately we've got tricked. 
caught up in domestic politics of the in in India right now. So hopefully cooler heads will prevail and and uh, their issues within country there in India will get worked out soon. And they've been a great customer of Canada's and will continue to be so. And we're lucky that there's lots of we have a good product and lots of other countries want it as well. But India is an important part of our market going forward for sure. Yeah, I understand India has some elections coming up and there may be some resolution to this concern or issue later this year. Yeah, that's what we certainly hope that, you know, once again, and, and all these trade trade issues are sensitive to uh, domestic politics. We're certainly seeing that here in our own continent with the uh, NAFTA negotiations, and and uh, I think trade's going to be, especially the first part of the year here, that between the Indian situation and with NAFTA, that we certainly uh, are looking forward to some resolution of, uh, of a number of trade disputes. And Canada needs to export, and we have a strong agricultural sector in this country that does export a lot of what the world needs, so hopefully uh, we'll get some of these negotiations uh, out of the way and uh, get down to business sooner than later. Todd Lewis is the president of APAS. APAS is a co-sponsor of an all-candidates forum for the Saskatchewan Party leadership. It goes at 2 p.m. today at the Travel Lodge on South Albert Street in Regina. A new premier will be picked at a conference convention in Saskatoon on January 27th. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. There are some interesting results from the 2017 Canola Performance Trials. Canola Council of Canada agronomy specialist Nicole Phillips says farmers can access independent third-party data from small plot and field-scale trials on new and familiar canola varieties. The information will assist farmers in their seeding choices. Last year, there were 25 sites across the prairies, but only 10 were published due to some questionable factors like hail and spray drift. She says the canola performance trials compare leading canola varieties being used on the farm. So there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, obviously, yield is kind of, you know, the big factor that a lot of people look for. But certainly, we have agronomic considerations as well, like height and lodging um, and all those you know, things that farmers are looking for. Uh, Days to maturity, of course, is an important one as well. This is kind of the first year where we were trying a straight cut protocol um, as straight cut varieties are kind of coming onto the market and becoming more popular. We want to make sure that the program is keeping up with those varieties that are available. So, you know, again, because of the stricter standards, we don't have a whole lot of information to publish around those ones, but that will improve um, as our cooperators are, you know, trying out the new trial and everything like that. But, you know, we have all the varieties kind of split out by season zone, so uh, you can not only take a look at how a variety might do in your general vicinity, um, but you can see how it's going to perform in other geographies as well. And and that really comes into play where we want to know that a, a hybrid is going to perform well under a wide range of conditions. And that's really where the power of the Canola Performance Trials comes in, is we have sites all across Western Canada and so we can take a look and maybe, you know, get a glimpse as to how stable uh, a canola hybrid might be based on different conditions in different areas. Phillips says the canola performance trial results are available online or in a hard copy form. So there's actually a couple different ways that the data can be looked at. So we have a booklet that comes out every year that is the one-year summary. So the 2017 uh, booklet is, is the one that's just come out. Um, and in addition to that, we load that onto the canola performance trials .ca website. Um, and so that way you can go on and filter data kind of any way that you want. You can take a look at 2017 data, for example, or you might want to take a look at a couple of years of, of data and see how that yield performance did. Um, you can look at small plot information or you can look at field scale. That's another component to the Canelo performance trials that we have. 
Um, you can search by season zone. So there's really a lot of different ways that you can look at the information that's available. Um, like I mentioned, canola variety trials have been, uh, you know, in its current form since 2011. And with that in mind, we actually released a new booklet earlier this fall uh, called the Canola Variety Selection Guide, and that really is a summary of all the data dating back to 2011 all the way until 2016, and that just gives, like I said, some really good insight as to how these hybrids perform and maybe some of the things that we can take into consideration, like the environment and the climate and different traits that farmers are looking for. So that's that's a really handy guide to have. It can kind of help you go through the variety selection process, what you want to take a look for, what constitutes a good data set. And it's really just, it's really robust information that we can use. And there is data for the long-growing season of Saskatchewan. That's the southeast-southwest. There's data for the short-growing season, which goes right up the middle part of Saskatchewan into the north and right to the U.S. border, but that's right in central Saskatchewan. And there's also data on average. On average, the high-yielding variety in the Clearfield system was 5545CL at 63 bushels an acre, but others in the same system were within four bushels. For the Liberty Link system, on average, the high yielder was L252 at 68 bushels, but again, others were within four bushels an acre. For the Roundup Ready system, the average high yielder was 45M35 at 67 bushels an acre, but most others, most others were within four bushels. Nicole Philp is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. She's also the co-lead on the Canola Performance Trials. A 56-year-old man from Star City has been fined $11,500 for trafficking in wildlife meat. David Shatter, manager of Star City Produce and Meats, was also ordered to process 350 pounds of seized goose meat into sausage to be given to food banks in the Melford area. Conservation officers were involved in an investigation which started in 2014 and found high volumes of migratory bird meat, mainly geese, had been coming into the shop located on the Star City Hutterite colony to feed its residents. The wild meat was being processed into jerky and sausage. Conservation officers gave the manager verbal and written warnings that it was illegal to sell wild goose meat, but officers found the goose meat was still being sold. On five occasions between 2014 and 2017, Undercover officers visited the shop and were able to purchase wild goose meat. Deshetter was charged and pled guilty in Melford Court and fined over $11,000. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. Call 1-800-284-9999 for more information or to book a free consultation with the office of Scott Bjornson Hollis Wealth. Scotia Capital Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Market update also brought to you by Flamin Sales in Saskatoon, Southie, Prince Albert, Yorkton and Swan River. Visit Flamin.com. Grain prices at Viterra were showing upward movement in early trading this morning. Canola gained $2.10 at $4.6644. Oats went up $2.94 at $150.77. Yellow peas rose $1 at $238.54. Number one red spring wheat increased $1.54 at $234.78. The rest were unchanged. Durham, 269.29. Feed barley, 174.63. Flax, 461.68. Feed wheat, 136.48. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, March spring wheat is up 3.5 cents at 621.5 cents a bushel. 
The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-5358 or Weyburn 842-4574. Happy New Year, everyone. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Report for the week of January the 3rd. Christmas is over. New Year's is over. I guess it's time to go back to work. No sale today, but our first pre-sort of the new year is Wednesday, January the 10th. This sale is full followed by our usual regular sale with cows and bulls. We're taking bookings for our Wednesday, January 17th pre-sort sale, 1,800 head so far for that sale. We added a new bred cow sale and heifer sale on for Friday, January the 12th. This is a closed sale, total herd dispersal for our friend of ours, DNS Farms of Minnetonis, who is battling some health issues. 110 young bred cows, these are black, red, semitol cows calving in February. Also took in 85 to 90 red, red brocaface heifers, semitol heifers, calfing uh, April the 1st. Pictures are on the Heartland website. Mark this sale on your calendar. This will be a good sale. These are top quality cattle coming in here. Our scheduled bread cow sale will be Friday, January 19th, with 280 cows booked. And for all of you celebrating Ukrainian Christmas, Merry Christmas to you all. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,000 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 132 to 141 per CKG. Today's sales expected to be around 7,600 heads, selling in a range of 135 to 142 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is up, and forward contract prices open mixed this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar was up 18 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2517. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.86 cents U.S. U.S. cash prices started the week with steady bids for live hogs. As producers are reasonably current with their marketing, some packers have good profit incentives to maintain a high level of production. Weekly hog slaughter typically moderates over the next four months with a decline of about eight to 10,000 hogs every week until mid-April. Spring and summer month lean hog futures have struggled to move beyond the levels that they have traded at for the last month, as the market remains cautious about the impact of ongoing NAFTA negotiations. If a deal fails to be reached by March, futures contracts may move lower in anticipation of weaker demand for pork from Mexico. Alternatively, the completion of a new NAFTA deal may buoy prices. Coming up, the farm weather forecast. The official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland, working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry Shepherd at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM Farm Weather forecast for today, cloudy skies, 60% chance of flurries today and tonight, the high minus 9, the low minus 14. Tomorrow, cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, the high minus 8, the low minus 14. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10, the low minus 11. Saturday, cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 11. Sunday, cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, the high minus 4, the low minus 18. Monday, sunny and cooler again, the high minus 13, the low minus 20. Tuesday, sunny skies, the high minus 15. The normal high is minus 11, the normal low minus 23. The sun rose at 859. And it sets at 5.07 tonight. Round the province, Estevan minus 15, Saskatoon minus 8, Swift Current minus 4, Weyburn minus 13, Yorkton minus 18. In Regina, cloudy minus 13, that's 9 above Fahrenheit, east-southeast at 23, giving a wind chill of minus 22. Humidity 83%, the barometric pressure is dropping 102.7.
Cloudy in Moose Jaw, minus 5, south, southeast at 10. Once again, Regina, cloudy, minus 13. That's 9 above Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.